For years, I was so fed up with shampoo, I just stopped washing my hair. I quit completely. I was so sick of poofy, frizzy, limp hair, distorting my natural oils. Until a few months ago, I found Modern Mammals, and it changed everything. And by the way, right now you can visit modernmammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. So check that out. So look, I heard about this through the podcast, and before I agreed to advertise, they sent it to me, and I was reluctant. But let me tell you, I should not have been. This stuff is absolutely magical. My hair felt better, smelled way better, and most importantly, looked better. And I know it will do the same for you as well. It doesn't have those hair-ruining chemicals like other products, and it doesn't leave any leftover residues. It works. Don't believe me? Go read their awesome reviews online as well. Go to ModernMammals.com and use code LSS for 10% off. Again, that's ModernMammals.com for 10% off with promo code LSS. Don't forget to use our promo code LSS so they know we sent you. one today welcome back to another episode of the podcast lead singer syndrome i am your host shane told where i take you into the backstage conversations that i have with other lead singers it's not every day you get to speak to the singer of one of your favorite bands of all time so i guess today is not every day Fat Mike of No Effects, he is here. Man, there's always so much to talk about with this guy. It had been three and a half years since he was on the show last. And man, I was a little freaked out the first time, I'll be honest. I'm a little more seasoned now. This was an awesome, awesome conversation. We talk about Fat Mike and his new split with Frank Turner, of course. And if you missed my episode last week with Frank... Definitely, when you're done this one, go back and check it out. There's a lot of no effects chatter in that one. Also, that record is out now. It is not to be missed. If you're a fan of no effects and or Frank Turner, it is a must listen. We get into all sorts of stuff in this episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. So sit back and get ready. It is a good one. Before we jump into that, I want to remind you all, you can get in touch with me. You can email me, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. I read them all. I try to respond to most of the emails whenever I can. Also, make sure you add the show on social media or add me, at Shane Told. If you want to help out the show, there's a couple ways you can do that. The first way and the best way is to check out the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. The link for that is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access, and it gets you a whole bunch of bonus content, 
bonus episodes, interaction with me, interaction with fans of the show. We have an amazing community. We're well over 400 people now. We talk about all sorts of stuff. You'll make some friends. And also, if you're interested in Lead Singer Syndrome merchandise of any kind, the only place to get it and even get it for free is by signing up for the All Access Club. So the link again is leadsingersyndrome.com slash all access. I also encourage you to check out our great sponsors. We've got a new one on board this week. And if this doesn't make sense, I don't know what does. They're called Singdaptive. I'm sure you heard what they're all about at the beginning of this episode, but make sure you check that out if you have any interest at all in either learning to sing or improving your singing voice or performing or anything. It is the one-stop shop for all of that. Also, Miller High Life, which you know I'm all about. Raycon Earbuds. And Mutual Mobile, if you want to get a website made or you have a great idea for an app, check them out as well. Anyway, I'm ready. I know you're ready. Here it is, my conversation with Fat Mike of No Effects. Mike, what's up, man? Is it Shane from Silverstein? Yeah. Remember me? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I do do remember you. Your name is Bill, right? (laughs) Bill's the one that's way worse at poker. Yeah, that's true. I'm slightly better. So are we on the radio right now? Yeah, we're we're on the radio. We're we're live. No, we're not live, but we are are recording. Okay. Um, You good to go? Sure. Well, thanks for doing this, man. Um... First of all, I guess, how are you holding up? I know, obviously, shit's gotten crazy. I know you live kind of on your own compound in your own, like, sort of mini world. So I feel like maybe you're doing better than most people, but how's that that going? Yeah, I got a cool pad. I mean, there's nine of us. So, uh, and I got my recording studio here and, you know, pony track and garden. So I'm always doing stuff. It, it's it's got to be one of the best places to have a quarantine, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, no, uh, no one's immune from fucking depression, ups right. and downs, right? Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's it's one thing to have a great place to be and everything, but sometimes you just got to get the fuck out of there too, right? I mean, everybody needs that. And last time we talked, whatever it was, three and a half years ago, you know, you talked about your addiction, you talked about falling back into your, you know your old ways and like that's probably pretty easy to do just even just when you look at the news like how just fucked up everything is yeah it's it's pretty crazy i uh but unlike most people like i lost 14 pounds during (laughs) this because i was riding my bike every day right that's good but uh yeah it's like you know i'm not i'm not sober and everyone here is always finding some reason to party but uh yeah, you know, I I, did, I live a different lifestyle these days. Where instead of uh, using a lot, I use uh, 
not, not, not very often, maybe, you know, every few weeks I might party one night or for a weekend. Yeah. I mean, you've been so busy, like so many things have come out, um, in the last, well, I mean the last uh, year and a half, but I'm sure just being on lockdown for whatever it's been now, four or five months. I mean, are you just working nonstop? Like, I know that's just how you seem to function. Like you never really stop being creative or doing something. Yeah, I am. And, uh, Producing Fishbone has been my <laughs> what what I've been doing recently, and wow. that that's crazy. It's the not a normal band. One of the weirdest bands of all time, probably. Yeah, and uh, you know, six people with with six ideas that they want to put in every song. <laughs> and and uh, but we did uh, we did three songs kind of to test test it out, and. Uh, they're all super happy. I, I, apparently, Angelo's never been happier in the studio, and Great. everyone uh, everyone's listening to me, and it's it's really it's really fun. And yeah. uh, <laughs> they're focused. You know, the songs are getting focused because I'm kind of a I'm you know I lead. Well, yeah, they're a crazy band. I mean, they're just they're they're albums, and I haven't to be honest. I don't think I've listened to any any new Fishbone albums if there's been any. I remember the ones like from probably the '90s, but like the albums were always so crazy. Like you're talking about songs that are like eight minutes long and there's a bass solo or like something like, uh, are you just trying to focus it down to make, you know, like no, these songs, shorter songs, these songs or, are, or are they just going, going all over the place? These songs are all, all under like three, three twenty, Cool. And they're, they're super focused. Uh, I, I, I think it's great. <laughs> the, the only story I remember about Angelo is they came on Warp Tour for, like a couple days one time with Fishbone and our guitar player Josh was riding his bike like around a corner and he almost hit Angelo and Angelo goes, whoa, you almost took out a legend. <laughs> <laughs> no, these guys, these guys, they're super fun guys. Nice. And uh, I'm like, okay, today we'll do some horns and you know, all six of them still show up. There you go. And uh, just hanging out at the pool and, uh, it's kind of it's a fun experience to record here, and and I'm doing I'm still I record no effects every few days because what else am I supposed to do? You know, I just keep writing songs. Absolutely, yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a second. I mean, I, I'm really foggy on when there's a new no effects record coming out. I know you have a lot of stuff written and you've put out like bits and pieces, but I'm I'm really wondering what the plan is if you're waiting till you know things kind of get a little more back to normal or if it's just like no. just trying to figure out what's what's best to do well what happened is we actually had like 20 songs done and we're trying to figure out what to do we're thinking about doing a double album maybe but uh, now we're doing a single album which is it's probably you know, more, more traditional <laughs> but then but then uh frank frank turner called and he's like hey we're in the studio doing the split. Are you guys, you guys in there too? Cause I gave him a deadline originally. Right. And, and I kind of didn't think he was going to come through. So then I, I called no effects. I go, uh, we got to record Frank Turner songs. <laughs> so I thought it'd be better to put out the Frank Turner split first. Cause I don't know. It's just, it's fun. It seems like a cool COVID release. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not cause no effects is kind of, you know, we're always dark and this and the Frank Turner release isn't dark. It's just it's fun, and uh, we had a fucking really good time doing it. Awesome. 
Yeah, I, I'm. I've been friends with Frank for a long time, and I discovered him, you know, just kind of on a whim. I think it was the Love Iron song record somebody gave me and said you have to listen to this, and I was the record blew my mind, and I actually like hit him up, you know, and I'm like I I'm like the last band I emailed was like 88 Fingers Louie when I was you know 15 years old because I like that <laughs> band so much, and uh, and he you know and we've been in contact ever since. So I, I talked to him last week about this whole thing. He's going to be on on a podcast probably around the same time as as this will come out, and you know. He was so excited. I mean, I don't know if he played it cool with you, but, you know, he, me and him are the same age. Like, we grew up with all those records, and, he, you know, he's besi- absolutely beside himself, you know. First of all, how did this all come about? And, and second, I guess, like, what was his, you know, how, how was his demeanor throughout this whole process? Well, uh, I just came up with the idea. I mean, we hang out a lot. We're doing, we were doing a show in Europe, and as I was watching him play, I just thought, shit, he does no effect songs already. Hmm. We should do a split because, you know, I, I I like his songwriting. And yeah. it, I just thought it'd be really interesting because we're, we're so different. And uh, I asked him and he immediately said, uh, I'm in. <laughs> of course. And he called me an hour later and he said, no, I'm really in. And he, I go, he's like, this is so cool. And we could put it out on Fat Records. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> B- bonus. Right. And uh, he he actually finished the songs first and sent me a couple. And I was like, okay, we we can't fuck up. We can't fuck this up. I mean, I, we, we were, you know, I wasn't going to just go through the motions no matter right, what. Right. But uh, we ended up recording seven songs and dropping two. To to the, didn't turn out as well, and uh, I don't know. We, we we put in a lot of effort, especially singing. It's like I'm singing is really hard for me. I I had to like be healthy and and really try to sing because <laughs> well, he's amazing, right? He's he's amazing, and and I have to sing his melodies. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he. I actually was talking to him about how he didn't change any no effects melodies. He kept, he, it was cool because he changed the arrangements and, and he, you know, he, especially falling in love like that. Wow. I mean. But that, falling in love, is, it's just, it's the best song on the record. And, do, do, you what, know. What was your reaction when you heard that for the first time? I mean, could you ever hear that in your head done like that? No. And uh, I always really loved that song and I never liked how it turned out. Right. And he sent it on second, like he said, the first song he sent me was uh, scavenger type. And I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, we did scavenger type like this. Yeah. This is pretty cool. Yeah. And then I heard Falling in Love. I'm like, oh boy, like this is awesome. This is awesome. And I'm like, shit, I don't think we can beat this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gave you some opportunity to try. Yeah, but I, I didn't really try. I just, I just covered songs I liked by his. But, uh, you know, I talked to Aaron, my ex-wife, and she said she cried, you know, Listened to like eight times and cried every time because it's about it's, me and her. Right, about an airplane, right? You guys were... Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm so happy about it because it's a, it's such a win-win because he did the song, I think, better than the original. And it, it, shows, it shows what a good, sad song it is, which I never showed. Yeah. It's kind of like when I put together the Tony Sly comp, I told every, every band to do the songs differently than... Than no use for a name did it. 
because I wanted to show the world what a great songwriter Tony was. He's incredible. I mean, you're an amazing songwriter too, but you know, a lot of no effect songs, I'd say most of them are dark, you know, dark, sad songs. But when you, you know, put the double time drums on them and, you know, some of them are in major keys and they have, you know, the, the major chords and stuff where they're not supposed to be. It takes away from the sadness that the darkness that that tends to be in there. And then you when you hear another artist do it, it can put a whole nother spin on it, which, you know, I don't know. There are other have you heard other cover songs um, of your band that you really liked before that you can remember? Uh, I think a band did a cover of Linoleum once. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a couple of them did. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, I wasn't, I wasn't really taken back by, I can't think of any band that I was like, wow, I was really cool and different. So Falling in Love was the best. I like that you changed the words to substitute too. I've had many different doms inside my head, but only one or two inside my bed. That That's fucking great, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's it's kind of how I roll right now. Uh well, I know a lot, of, a lot of pro doms, and there's a few that I like. You can't really date right now. Yeah. It's just simpler when you just, like, pay women to fucking beat you up. Sure. Hey, I mean, it's true. I don't know what people would do. I'm, I'm in a relationship right now, but this would be hard, man. If you were just a living alone and a single guy in a house, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, well, I, was, I did have a girlfriend for a, uh, a while. Was that? For several, was, several months. Was it in Toronto, too? Was that... Or am I making yeah. that up? Because I thought I saw you posting about being in Toronto all the time. No, she lives in Toronto uh, for a while, but she's actually from South Africa. Okay. But uh, we went out for a while and it just, you know, when you're stuck with someone all the time, it just didn't work out. It was too bad. But now I'm uh, now I'm paying. <laughs> Which some people may, may think like, that's weird. Why are you paying but that's what pro doms do. I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been seeing pro doms for like, I don't know, 20 years. Right. Okay. You got to do what you got to do, I guess, man. Um, another thing you guys put out, the live at Red Rocks, the decline, uh, that was, that was rad. I mean, I've seen you guys more than any other band, I think. And I always like that every show is completely different. That's probably the most different show you've ever played. Uh, and you guys were so, like, you were on such a different level. You sang really well, you, you know. You guys were really tight. It seemed like kind of everyone dialed it up a notch. What was that experience like? When was that recorded, anyway? That was recorded uh, probably around a year ago, and it was pretty crazy. Uh, we we played it perfect, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much perfect. You know, except when Baz went to play the uh, the xylophone, and someone set it up backwards, so he had to walk around it, but. Okay, uh, but I always mess up. I mean, we always mess up every song we play. <laughs> Someone does something wrong, and especially that song. Uh, there's a, f- a couple bass parts that are not easy. Yeah, and I was kind of focused. I was sitting backstage for like an hour and a half before we went on, not doing my normal routine of martinis, Valium, <laughs> and you know, and whatever else. I w- I was just kind of focused. I mean, I was you know drunk. <laughs> no, you know what? You have to be a little no, bit. Not that. You know, I only think I had a couple drinks that day because uh, I really wanted to play well. It was so nerve wracking though. We we sound checked at like noon, and we didn't go on until nine hours later. We were just there, 
Yeah. And and playing that place is fucking weird. Yeah, it's I've played it before too. It's really strange how like every venue ever there's a stage that's above the ground. But Red Rocks is like the only place I can remember where the stage is actually flat and every single audience member is like at your level or above you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, even people in wheelchairs. Yeah, it's so weird. And they can't dance. So mm-hmm. it was kind of weird. But, you know, the footage, it looks super cool. It, it, I'm glad we picked that place. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, it gave me the chills watching it. I, although I was at my top weight right then. And uh, <laughs> fucking fat guy in a red dress, not that not that cool. Well, I, did, I didn't notice, but I mean... If anybody can get away with being being fat, it's you. I mean, <laughs> I guess I guess let's, so. Let's be, let's be honest. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask you about, you know, back in the day, it was always like fuck MTV, fuck videos. We're not going to make them anymore. And I remember the last video you guys made for a really long time was the Leave It Alone video. And then you it seems like you guys didn't make a video for for something like ten years. And now it's like you guys are doing videos all the time. Whether it's you know quarantine stuff or or whatever else, and you're really good at it, and I'm kind of bummed as a fan that you know all those songs on so long and thanks for all the shoes never had videos or like is that ever something that you think about how MTV had this stranglehold on on video content and it was so different back then and and you kind of missed some opportunities. Uh, no, that's Shane. That's actually a really good question. Because, you know, we did make the Stick It In My video and the Bob video and the Leave It Alone video. Yeah. And they're all great videos. And MTV wouldn't play any one of them. Uh, you know, not even 120 minutes. Yeah. So we stopped doing videos. When, when MTV said, we, we want to start playing you guys, <laughs> by then we were like, fuck this. You know, you, you, had, a, you had a show called 120 Minutes. For, that was made for alternative music and you wouldn't play a no effects video. Right. Cause, Cause you guys heads so up your ass and uh, you know, we didn't do interviews for eight years. We stopped, yeah. we didn't make videos and we didn't send songs to radio cause we didn't want to be part of the, you know, the punk wave. But I had, I never thought about it like that because we just stopped thinking about video at, as a way to market your band. So, uh, yeah, we may have missed out on things because now we do videos. Actually, we don't do them all the time. It's just if I get a good idea yeah. or someone does, we do one. And it, it doesn't have to coincide with the album. Or, uh, I mean, we released that uh, I Love You More Than I Hate Me video out of nowhere. Yeah, t- completely out of nowhere. And I kind of think that's our best video. It's a dark one. It's really good. I, I think every time, like I've come to expect with you, whether it's Koki the Clown and on all the stuff I want to talk about in a minute, but there's always going to be some some special moment in a video. You're never just going to be like, oh, it's a performance video. Okay, there they are. Or this is like a funny moment. There's always going to be some twist or turn or something along the way. Well, no one expected that one. No, <laughs> no. I like I like that you showcase every member of the band too differently too. You know, that's but like it's not just to focus on you or or whatever. It's it's everybody, and I like that a lot too. Yeah, yeah. It was when you, once you have a good idea, it, uh, it's not that hard to make a good video. It's it's really coming up with the idea, and 
you know, we all our videos, like that one cost, I don't know, $3,000 or something. You just call up friends and do it. Yeah. It turned out, turned out cool. And then we just kind of started doing videos because of COVID just as like a fan thing. Let's just do videos because people are bored. And it, dude, it's so weird sitting on, we, we've been sitting on our record for like, I don't know, eight months, 10 months. Oh, wow. It's kind of cool because I keep changing stuff. I can't wait to hear it. I mean, that's, yeah, I heard I heard from somewhere that it was supposed to be a double record, which would be cool, but I, I'd almost kind of rather maybe, hey, let's get a record now and then let's, let's get another record maybe in a year or something, you know? Is that is that maybe a plan? What do you, like, what do you do with all the songs that you don't use? Yeah, I have, I think, 16 songs that didn't make the album. So, uh, yeah, we're probably going to put out records a lot more often now. Because if you can't tour, I mean, you got to do something, right? Can't tour, and I like writing a lot this time of my life. Awesome, man. Awesome. It was actually it was actually Matt from Avenged Sevenfold, it's someone I don't know that well. Yeah, but we talk, and well, they covered uh, Linoleum, right? And I, <laughs> they're like they're huge, they're huge fans. And the guy we were talking, and uh, I played him all the new songs, and he was straight up. He's like. Dude, this is this is like such a great album, but it, I don't think it should be a double album. And yeah. I was kind of th- I was kind of thinking that. And uh, it's nice to have people that you know aren't yes men. They'll just tell you what's up. And so because of him, it's a single album, and, and it's a lot it's a lot better album because of that. Yeah. Well, I, when you said when you mentioned a double album in like the first five minutes of this conversation, I said like probably a good idea, and I've had you know, in-depth conversations with people, even on this podcast, about the fact that no one's ever made a perfect double album. The Beatles couldn't even do it. Pink Floyd. It's a thin list. But I think The Wall is the only record that's a good double album. But that's what I was doing. I was challenging myself. Yeah. And I couldn't do it. Because you think about it differently. You let let shit go because you're trying to make it, all the songs different. And so... Having one album, it makes you write better. I think so. I mean, you just, it's hard to put everything, like find a place for everything with double record, right? I mean, unless you just make two albums that are like, I don't know, Use Your Illusion 1 and Use Your Illusion 2, which which like I wouldn't consider that a double record, even though it kind of is. You know, No, and that, I, that I mean, should have been a single album too. Right. And if it was, it would have been as good as uh, Appetite for Destruction, probably. Yeah. Um, this and is they great. wouldn't have those... Those eight-minute songs, either. Yeah, well, some of them are good. November Rain's a hell of a good song. The one thing I did that that I miss out though is that I put little parts. The last song in the album, uh, little parts of it were in four or five other songs on the records. So when you finally got to the last song, you'd be like, "Oh shit, I heard this in this other song, and I heard this in another song, and this in another song." Right, right, right. No, I love chill like that. That's very like Abbey Road to do that. It was that was fun, and then there were two songs that went into each other lyrically, which I've never seen anyone do. Right, like like, like the lyrics were too long for one song, <laughs> so they kept going into another song that sounded totally different. So, but actually, those two songs, I'm I'm holding off on those. So, well, I hope I, I hope I hear that idea. That's that is crazy. I've never heard of anyone doing that. I, I'm trying to like imagine it in my head how that would work. You know? Yeah, it's it's super weird. Yeah, well, we said last time that you have musical. What was the the phrase you used? Not ADD, uh, like like Aspergers. 
<laughs> that's what you said last night about yourself. You just don't you just don't hear music the same way other people do. No, yeah, I don't I don't think I do. And and I have to uh I have to try to do something that is interesting to me that I haven't done before. No one's done before. I've probably said this in the other interview. When people say it's all been done before, I, I think that's such a load of shit. Totally. You know? I, I write tons of shit that no one's written before. Do you Lyric, lyrically and musically. Do you listen to a lot of new artists? Or do you find yourself going back to, you know, bands you listened to when you were in your youth or whatever? Neither. <laughs> I, I don't like music very much. Do you like writing but, it, but you don't really listen to it? No, and I like producing it, but uh, it's it's so rare when I hear a band that really does it for me. It's exciting when I do, but it, I don't listen to old music or new music. No. Huh. Okay. I, I wish I wish I did like music more, but it it does all sound like oh I've heard this before, especially you know lyrics. Like people have so many uninteresting things to sing about. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's if I have to hear another fire desire rhyme in my life, like just kill me now or tonight. You know, if you if anyone sings tonight or all right in a song, I'll kill myself. Because there's a lot of other words to use. Uh, last year, the Koki the Clown full length record came out, and I I wanted to get you on the phone back then because I honestly the it completely blew my mind. Uh, I don't even know if it was if it blew my mind in a good way. Because it was a very, very difficult record to listen to. I think I listened to it once, and then I tried to listen to it again, and I kind of didn't get through it. So the smart yeah, I, don't I, think, I, I didn't expect that. Oh no! I, I I knew it was hard to listen to, but I didn't. I never thought that people couldn't listen to it, and that's what happened. Is people were like, "I can't listen to it, dude," which is super weird. Yeah, well, I don't think anyone really did what you did before. Again, that that record is so it's it's a challenge, and there's some in, incredible bright spots on the record, but then parts of it are really uncomfortable too, and they kind of fight with each other. To where I don't know. I listened to it, but anyway, I listened to it this morning, and I it was a little bit more cohesive and a little bit less like. Um, it bothered me less than it did the first time I heard it. Yeah. But I, I was reading a little bit about it because I didn't at the time. And I didn't know that you had Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses. The second time we brought up Guns N' Roses in this interview. <laughs> That's really kind of weird to me, too. And Travis Barker as well. And I just picture, you know, those guys coming on board and hearing these songs and going, what did I sign up for? Uh, yeah, not Dizzy, but Travis. Well, Travis, I just asked if he wanted to do it. And without hearing it, he goes, I'm in. So, and that was like three different sessions. And he added, you know, he came up with a lot of cool ideas. And Baz played drums on a lot of it too. But I just got different people because it was, it was fun. And, you know, Danny from Nine Inch Nails was producing. So right. he just calls people. Oh, I'll just call this person. Look him over. And man, recording that album was not, it was not cathartic or therapeutic. It was just, it was such a bum out. I was just like, uh, doing drugs and drinking vodka. And, you know, I sang the whole thing sitting in a corner. Right. Uh, which apparently that, that's how Trent sung hurt, like on his knees in a corner. But I just, I didn't want to like stand up. I just, it was, it was really hard to get those lyrics out. 
and uh, weird album. It's, it's the whole thing. And it, when I toured, I, I couldn't tour it. I couldn't tour that album. Doing three shows was yeah. it was hard. It was really hard on stage. Yeah, well, you you did. I saw that you were doing VIP like meet and greets and stuff. And I just I can't imagine you in that role with those songs being in a position to talk to fans the way they want to be talked to. You know? Yeah, I don't. Oh, I do. Yeah, I do remember talking to people after the show in New York. Oh, it was supposed to be before, but I was late. But with, like the first song, I opened up with bathtub, so it's just me on stage singing a cappella. Yeah staring people down and it was it was neat no one fucking made a sound no one had their phone out no one could move it it was i never had such like control over an audience before because you know it i would do funny things too and people just had no idea how to react right which was which is really it's really fun being an artist to uh, you know i'm i was the opposite of a comedian what like this this project is just so like a lot of people like they scratch their heads i think i get it though now part of it for you is entertaining part of it for you is getting out shit that you've never been able to get out before and also no matter how you do it no one will know if you're serious or not so nobody can really like you're not really putting yourself out there as much as maybe you are does that make any well, sense maybe but i was serious about I mean, all those things are, are true stories, mm-hmm. and I, I regret doing some of it because I told some things that the only person I, I was hurting is the person I'm singing about, because other people don't even know what I'm singing about. And, you know, I lost right. relationships over this record, you know, close relationships, and, and I, hurt, I hurt a lot of relationships by putting that shit publicly that didn't need to be said publicly. But... uh I had a lot of weird things happen in my life and I really, I've been, I just don't get people. I don't get how people treat other people. You know, I'm not, I'm an honorable man. I don't lie. And when people lie to me, it, it like shakes my world. Right. Or, or when people cheat, I just, I don't understand it. If you want to be with someone else then just tell your person, you're going to be with someone else. What's your fucking problem? I've just always been that way. I don't understand why I'm that way, but well, I take it, I take it more personally. I think when 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 someone lies to me, I take it really personally. Do you think this is going to be a project that's going to continue, or do you think it's it's done now? Uh, if I do another album, it won't be like that one. Yeah, <laughs> and I might play shows now and then. It's weird. I think that album is going to be looked at in in a a, a good light, but it's going to take a while. Yeah, it's it's there's it's something else, man. It's something else. And the video for Negative Real, I think, didn't help make the album less uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, it, it was super smart. The the video is super well done. I loved the, the, all the little things that you did, the, the the camera tricks and all that was so rad. Um, but then when you started beating yourself in the head with the hammer, it was pretty hard to watch. Yeah, I know people that freaks people out. Yeah, that was so, that was so cool. <laughs> was that planned or did you just start doing that? I, I have to know. Well, the whole thing was, the whole video wasn't planned. We're just hanging around. Let's try this shot next. Oh, let's try this. Oh, wow. And, and a lot of them went really, I mean, it took like a day and a half to film that video. Uh, Jeff Alulis and me and, uh, 
you know, someone is helping us with uh, makeup and stuff. But that was it. And we just came up with ideas and did it and everything worked out. That one scene where I'm in a blanket that I wrap, I get wrapped up in. Yeah. That took like three hours because it's hard to get buckles <laughs> to, <laughs> to get to go together. But I didn't see the ending and uh, it got cut somewhere. Like it, that thing went a lot longer. Oh, man. Man. You yeah. know, I mean, it, it hurt, but it's, it is a rubber mallet. And my face did get swollen, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> fuck, dude. It's like, you have to go for it. Yeah. Well, you did. You went for it. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew WK did that. Right. That's true. That wasn't a, that wasn't a big deal. That's true. I heard the story behind that was he wasn't, he, he was just going to be, uh, just him on, on the cover, like without all bloody and he just hit himself to make it the photo more interesting. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, but, uh, well, I'm a clown, dude. You're a clown. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, thanks for talking to me. I have a couple questions. I have one from Frank Turner himself, and he wants to know, um, and he's putting you on the spot, is it Rancid or is it Frank Turner? What's the better split? Oh, well, he's putting me in the spot. Well, Frank Turner. Yes. It's the question from Frank Turner himself. He wants to know. Yeah, Frank Turner. Oh, that's the answer. Yeah. I think so, too. I mean... I thought you guys killed the Rancid songs, but I don't know if Rancid killed the No Effects songs on that one. No offense to one of the greatest punk bands of all time. You said it. No, they did. They did some good jobs on on, on some of them, but it wasn't it wasn't that interesting. That record. Th- this one's way more interesting. I think it is. There's so many more dimensions. What, what, what we did with Radio is what Frank did with Falling in Love. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Yeah, I think it's a much much. It's a it's much cooler to listen. It's funner to listen. Nice, man. Nice. Well, anything else to tell the people before I let you go? I, I appreciate you jumping on with me. Sorry if I woke you up. You didn't wake me up. Uh, <laughs> I have a podcast coming out, too. Oh, nice. Tell me about it. I'm getting pretty deep with people. I'm only interviewing people that I already have good dirt on. And somehow I'm getting I'm getting people to tell me stuff that they wouldn't tell other people. Well, that's the whole that's the whole thing, man. And I'm doing a couple of things that uh, other people don't. I'm calling out a lot of people on uh, on certain things. It, it's it's going to be, it's pretty cool. Do you know when you're going to launch it? What it's going to be called or anything? Are you waiting to? It's called it's called Fat Mike's Fat Mike. All right, and I can't I, wait. I have I have four I have four of them done. I want to get four more done before I release them. So maybe a month or month and a half. Nice. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. I think that's awesome. Man. I think I, I think it's pretty good though. I'm not. It's not musicians mostly. It's people from all walks of life. Yeah, because, you know, you guys have been so immersed in punk rock scene and everything. And then when you start to hear, oh, the Koki the Clown record is produced by the guy from Nine Inch Nails and and there's a dude from Guns N' Roses playing keyboard. Like, you start to realize, like, you guys grew up in L.A. I think you went, did you go to Beverly Hills High School? I think I read one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, you're in that in that place, in that time. You must have met a lot of people, you know, and over the years you know, but I, no one ever hears about that. No one ever hears about Fat Mike the Celebrity, you know? Yeah, I actually don't know a lot of people because I lived in San Francisco too long. Yeah. And and I just, I don't go to parties. I don't go to bars. I, I do kind of only know punk rockers. But, you know, I know a lot of people in porn and uh, like uh, Jim Powers, I interview him and that's such, it's such a great interview. You know, he's the king of Bukaki. <laughs> wow. And, 
Yeah, yeah. He, he made over 60 Bukaki movies. So, you know, that's a cool interview. Right. It's, it's not <laughs> asking about someone's record. You know, it's, it's, it's about, you know, making a Bukaki omelet. You know, shit like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, well, I'm still going to listen to it. I'm still going to listen to it, man. I promise. <laughs> that's great. Uh, okay, final question. What no effect song do you think never got the love? Like, what, what's the song that people never talked about that you thought was was awesome? And I'm going to play it right now for the people. Uh, a song? Uh, okay, maybe something off Wolves and Wolves Clothing. Uh, uh, how about the song Wolves and Wolves Clothing? Okay. I like I like that one. Yeah, I always thought the EP was better than the full length. You, you know, the uh, the one with the Jesus I, on it? I'm going to hell for the... Which Frank also yeah. said this, actually, well, I, before I forget to tell you. He actually said that he ripped off Ballad of All My Friends off of you. The line, I'm definitely going to hell. He ripped it off that song because you never oh, right. actually yeah. said the lyric in the song. Yeah, he told me that. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, Wolves and Wolves Clothing, I think if I left two songs off it... it it would, might be our best album. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why it got convoluted to me because I, I love that EP so much, and then I feel like I didn't listen to that. Yeah, the yellow yeah, the record album, as the much. The album is is underrated. It's yeah, it's it's one of my favorite NoFX records. All right, that and so long things so she is. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Wolves. All right, man. Well, hey, thanks a lot, and uh, I hope to enjoy the rest of your day, and uh, hope I hear hear that new record soon. Yeah, it's nice to hear from you, Shane. Yeah, man, you too. Okay, man, take care. So there it is with Mike. Yeah, his podcast sounds pretty interesting, doesn't it? If you don't know what Bukaki is, don't Google it, okay? Do not Google it. Always nice to have Mike on the show. The split with Frank Turner is out now. I can't wait for this new No Effects record and maybe another one after that really soon. Hard to say. We're going to have a new Fishbone record soon as well. Lots of rad news coming out today, so thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, please take a minute, go on social media, share this thing, go on iTunes, write a review, preferably five stars, tell a friend, tell a loved one. Let's continue to spread this thing. And I've got like 200 and something episodes you can go back and listen to as well. If you're into punk rock, I got plenty of punk rock guests from bands like Lagwagon and Rise Against and 88 Fingers Louie and Good Riddance, and the list goes on and on. So go back and have a listen to those as well. I'm going to leave you with a couple of tunes. Here is As Chosen by Fat Mike himself, one of the most underrated no effect songs, Wolves in Wolves Clothing, and I'll follow it up with a new one, Frank Turner Substitute, covered by no effects. Thanks for listening. Peace and love, and I'll see you next week. Oh, Darkie. We are wolves in wolves' clothing.
for love. 